Just can't. 
brought you from let's get real real about it you look back and think back of all that mess you did all those sins we committed and while we were in the midst of our sins God still saved our soul God still blessed us God did punish us according to what we deserve God even hears some stuff director singing and playing to the glory of God. Amen. Is this thing on there? It's on. Okay. If it ain't, I don't need it. I got a big mouth. It's all right. Give it on to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity of Jehovah God, to the leadership of this church, to our church family, and certainly to all of you who are visiting on today. We thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't take it for granted that you decided to come and worship with us today. Uh, have a lot of folks from different families in the church who don't live in our area anymore, but here it is the Sunday before Christmas, and they are home, so we are so blessed and honored to see you here. Church family, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. I may read 22 also, but this is a very, very, very familiar passage of Scripture to most of you. Come on. Because if not, I'll just use that one. The blessing is when you need something to be done. God has got somebody in place to do it. Amen. Amen. To God, Derek's all on top of this stuff, y'all. So to God be the glory. Thank you, Derek.
for wanting the church family to be able to hear and wanting your pastor to be able to use technology a little bit. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Again, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, I think, to many of us. I'm reading from the New International Version. This is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Let me stop right there. Back in that culture, when you were engaged, it was the same as being married. But there was a period of time that you had to wait before you could be fully intimate in marriage, right? But in, in reality, the fact that they were engaged was the same as them being married in that culture in that day. Amen? That's why it says her husband, even though we know she was betrothed or engaged, we would say today. Um, 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to, see, here's the word again, to divorce her quietly. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, he thought about it. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Amen. Let me just read verse 22. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. We're talking about Isaiah now. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, which means God with us. Church family, for just a few minutes, please let us reason together from this thought. The child that saved the world. The child that saved the world. Every minute of every day. A child is being born somewhere in this world, every single minute of every day. In almost every situation, somebody is happy about the birth of a child. Now, if you watch Jerry Springer and some of them crazy shows, you know that sometimes when somebody finds out a child is going, it ain't all happy. Yeah, but, but that, that ain't the case this time. You know, but most of the time when we find out, you know, whether it's our wife or whether it's a you know, relative, our children, most of the time we're happy about the fact that um, a child is coming into this world. Parents and grandparents, uncles and aunts, sisters and brothers, family, friends, and neighbors, colleagues, these are the people who are usually most excited to welcome a new child into this world. Remember how you felt when you found out that a child was going to be born into your family? Amen. For the most part, most time, we are happy. If it's, like I said, maybe uh, when Julia and I found out that she was pregnant with Lauren, when, when you found out you were pregnant, when, you know, your sister or brother and his family, when most of the time we're so excited about that. Amen. I can also say that when a child is born, we want to believe that that child is going to do something great in life. Before and after the child is delivered, some of us are already praying and asking God to bless the child with good mental and physical health. Amen. Oftentimes, we ask God to, to raise our child up to do something great 
with his or her life. You know, we can get selfish about that thing. You know, your child all right, but, but my child's special. Yeah, my, my little pookie's something else. Yeah, we, we all feel that way, and, it, and it's, it's all good. There's nothing wrong with having high expectations for our children. We need to set the bar high for them and let them know that we believe they can accomplish and achieve. We have uh, so many examples uh, of children making positive differences in the world, even before they turn the age of 18. Amen? Can I just share two or three with you? You remember uh, there's a, there was a boy in France named Louis Braille. He was three years old when he lost his sight. But by the time Louis Braille was 15, he had created the Braille system, which helps blind people to learn to read and write. Louis Braille's youthful creativity has allowed blind people all over the world to become better educated, more informed, and to live more independently. Amen. 15 years old when he created the Braille system that's still used today. There's a young lady named Elif Bilgen. She's from Turkey. She was uh, 14 years old when she became concerned about the millions of tons of banana peels, don't laugh now because this is serious, that were being dumped in the water in, in the part of the world where she lives in, and, and it was creating a sewage problem, a, a real bad trash problem. Uh, and see, you, you know, the banana peel, you can throw it out there on the ground, but it can take it months to decay and go back into the soil. But at the age of 16, Elif created a process to turn banana peels into a bioplastic material that is used in many eco-friendly ways. Amen. 14 years old, got concerned about this problem. By 16, she had created a solution. Last but not least, there's a young boy among us named Elijah Lee. He's from Roanoke Rapids. Elijah's just 11 years old. Elijah is receiving national, probably international, recognition as he advocates against child abuse and neglect. Lee has organized rallies and marches in North Carolina and other places, 11 years old, y'all. He has helped raise thousands of dollars to support the Vidant Halifax Regional Medical Center's work with abused children. And in November of this year, Marvel comic books, you know, Marvel, the movie studio, making billions of dollars every time they, look, they release a movie. Marvel comic books selected Elijah to be part of its Heroes Project, and they created a special edition comic book, special edition comic book, with him as the main character. 11 years old, right here among us. In the Bible, there are many, many stories about young children and teenagers that God used to do the impossible. You remember David, long before he killed Goliath as a young boy, maybe 14, 15, 14 to 16 years old, before he even fought Goliath, he had killed lions and bears. Amen. And remember Esther, she was just a young girl, probably maybe 18 when she became the queen. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, again, all under 18 years old at the time that they came to the attention uh, of, of the king Nebuchadnezzar because they were so much more gifted than all the other boys of his nation. Daniel, who was their friend, also a young boy, maybe 16, 17 years old, uh, and his, his, his outstanding character and his knowledge and wisdom got the attention of the king. There was a little boy in the Bible named Josiah, eight years old, when he became the king. 
of his entire nation. Amen. And then there's this young girl. She doesn't have a name. They don't give her name in the Bible. But, but she was the handmaiden of a man named Naaman, who was the captain of the guard, who had leprosy. And the little girl told Naaman's wife, if my master would just go see the prophet Elijah, he can heal him of his leprosy. So, so the Bible has all kinds of stories, so many, many more, of, of God using young people, children, to do the impossible. But the greatest Bible story of Jehovah God using a child to do something spectacular is the story of God's own son, Jesus. In the Old Testament, we find prophecies, predictions about Jesus' future birth. And we had a sermon last Sunday from Isaiah 7, 10, and 14. God gave us a sign. In the New Testament, we find details of Jesus' birth in the Gospels of St. Luke and here in St. Matthew. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We read that a young virgin named Mary is engaged to, she's, she's promised to be married to a man named Joseph. But there's a major problem. Here it is. Mary is pregnant. Amen. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, uh, and uh, Joseph, not sure how he believes it. Amen now. Amen. Y'all know how y'all will feel. Don't be churchy today. You let your girlfriend that you engaged to and y'all have never been together come to you and say, you know, I got to tell you something. Hey, boo. Y'all know. They had, they had to rock his world. It had to. It had to, because up to this point, he thought of Mary as being chaste and faithful and all those good things. And, and, and listen, let me tell you, let me add this to this story, because we always tell this story from Mary's perspective. Think about Joseph's perspective. The Bible tells us that the angel said to Mary, you know, you found honor with God, favor with God, and you were honored among all the women. But, you know, God had to know Joseph was a special guy, too, now. He had to know Joseph was a special guy, too, because most men would have put her away, and that would have been the end. Matter of fact, most men would have publicly humiliated her out of their hurt and out of their anger and said, look at this woman. You know, I thought she was all that, and it turned out she's just a loose woman. But God knew who Joseph was, too, now. Amen. Amen. We read that God sent an angel to Mary to tell her she had been chosen to carry his son, she would be the, the mother uh, of Jesus Christ. And she shared the news with Joseph. And, and he was a good man, but he would have been like most of us would have been. But, but now, if we look back at Matthew 1 and 19, we read that Joseph had thought about ending the engagement. But because he's a righteous man, he doesn't want to publicly humiliate her. Amen, men. Amen, men. Because he's a righteous man. He doesn't want to publicly humiliate her. So Joseph decides he can quietly break the engagement and send Mary away. But then God steps in. Let me just leave this with you. If you have a right relationship with God, he will always show up when you need him the most. If you have a right relationship, not a perfect, but if you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, he'll always show up when you need him most. In, in, in Matthew 1 and 20, while Joseph is sleeping, the Bible says God's angel came to him in a dream. 
The angel tells Joseph that it's okay, it's all right. Take Mary as your wife because the, bar- the baby she's carrying is of the Holy Spirit and not from another man. Just like she told him. So the angel confirmed to Joseph that Mary was everything he thought she had been. She actually was that chaste and wonderful and faithful woman that he had found her to be, and that's why he wanted to be married to her in the first place. The, the angel confirmed she's everything that you thought she was, so you can marry her. In Matthew 1 and 21, God's angel tells Joseph that Mary will have a baby boy. They are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Amen. Let me just add this other little freebie to you. When you have a right relationship with God, he will always give you all the information that you need. Amen now. When you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, he will always give you all the information that you need. See, I might try to hide some stuff from you, trying to be slick, but you be walking with Jesus. He'll reveal it. He'll reveal it, and he'll reveal it right on time, and he'll tell you what to do about it if there's something that needs to be done. Yes, this Wednesday coming is Christmas Day, but I think we can start praising God today, right now, for the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the child that saved the world. Let, let me make it personal. The baby Jesus was the child that saved you, and he saved me. Amen. Now, I know that's right because John 3, 16 tells us that God so loved this world that he saved or he sent or gave his only begotten son so that whosoever will believe in the name of Jesus, they shall be saved. They won't perish. Amen. Yes, you and I are saved and sanctified now. But in case we may sometimes forget and we just heard the song, roll back the curtains. A memory now and then. In case we sometimes forget, we, you and me, are the world that God loves so much. What does that mean? That means we were sinners. That means we were not fit to be in his presence. That meant that we were on our way to a dying hell. I don't care how good you've been on this side of eternity. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, hell will be your eternal destination. That's who he saved, you and me. Every person of every language, of every color, from every place where people live on this earth. All of us should be grateful because Jesus was the child that saved the world. Romans 3 and 23 reminds us that all of us have sinned. And we sometimes do sin against the holiness of Almighty God. See, some of us think that's a past tense scripture. Well, all have sinned. And come short of God's glory. No, you still sin sometimes too. Still sin sometimes too. Even the most saved among us, sometimes we still fall short. But thank God for his grace and mercy. Amen. Amen. But God proved how much he loved us because Romans 5 and 8 tells us that while we were still in our sins, God sent Jesus to die for our sins. Baby Jesus saved us from our enemies. Baby Jesus saved us from the devil. Baby Jesus saved us from ourselves. Baby Jesus came and he saved us from our sins just like the angel told Joseph that he would. Jesus is the child that saved the world. 
And during this Yuletide season, as we call it, we should praise and celebrate Jesus because he is God's gift to all humanity. Please be happy. I, look, I, I, told, I told some folks the other night, I, a matter of fact, I said it uh, at the uh, candlelight service. I said, sometimes Julia calls me the Grinch because of my attitude about some things connected to Christmas. Enjoy your trees. Enjoy your gifts. Enjoy, you know, getting with family and friends and all that. Enjoy all of that. To God be the glory, we can do that. But above it all and through it all, thank God for Jesus. He is the reason for this Christmas season. Remember Jesus. Listen to these scriptures that proclaim Jehovah God's motivation to send the child that saved the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 14 says, And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Can't be any plainer than that. We've seen and we testify that God the Father sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Amen. Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, ain't none of us done enough to be saved. None of us have ever done, will ever do enough that we can be saved. Not one of us. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to God's mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and through the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through what? Through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen now. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, the 8, the 8, 8B part in verse 9, 8B in verse 9. Share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Listen, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, amen now, but according to his own purpose and the grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Amen now. God was motivated to save us just because he loves us. Just like we are, just like he knew we would be, he was motivated to save our souls through Jesus Christ. As I close, I ask us to never forget, to never forget that Christmas is really about Jesus, the child that saved the world. There are so many amazing children born into this world every day, but there has never been and there never will be another child like Jesus Christ. Abraham and Sarah, they had a son named Isaac. He was a miracle baby. Amen. But Isaac couldn't save the world. Beyonce and Jay-Z have a pretty beautiful little girl named Blue Ivy. But Blue Ivy can't save the world. Amen now. Prince Harry and Princess Megan, they've got a little boy named Archie. I'm sure he's probably a wonderful little boy, but, but Archie wasn't born to save the world. Jesus Christ was the only child that could save the world and save our souls. And we get his blessings every day. The fact that we're here right now this morning is a blessing of the fact that Jesus saved the world. The fact that things are as well with us as they are, even when we're sick, even when we have problems, even when we have difficulties, the fact that God still keeps our minds and keeps us going and gives us hope 
That is a, that's evidence. And it's a byproduct of Jesus being the child that saved the world. But I need to say this as I end this message. The saving didn't come on the day that he was born. The saving came on the day he died. Jesus was a child that came into the world to save the world. But the saving part of it wasn't when he was born in Bethlehem. The saving part of it was one afternoon on a Friday up on a hill called Calvary. The saving was when he let them nail him to that cross. Amen now. The saving was when they pierced him in his side. That was the saving part of it. And we know that he did it because he told us, they don't take my life, I give up my life. And we know on the cross he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And then he dropped his head and died. The saving wasn't when he was in that manger. The saving was when he was on that cross. Amen. He let him put him in a borrowed tomb. And the Bible says he stayed there all the rest of Friday. And the Bible says he stayed there all day Saturday and all Saturday night. But early on that Sunday morning, early on that Sunday morning, that's when the saving was complete because Jesus got up with all power in his hands, in heaven, on earth, under the earth. That was the saving. Oh yes, he was the child that came into the world to save the world. But the saving didn't happen in Bethlehem. The saving happened on Calvary's cross. But if it wasn't for the fact that he came here in the first place, none of us could be saved. Enjoy your Christmas season in whatever ways you normally do. I'm going to encourage you to please use good judgment. Don't get yourself in trouble over Christmas. Drinking too much. Smoking too much. Speeding too fast. Trying to impress somebody. Don't, don't get into arguments with family, friends over stupid stuff like politics. Don't do that. No, enjoy those folks. Because as far as you and I know, this could be the last Christmas we ever shared together. There's some folks sitting here right now have lost people before this Christmas, wish they could have another Christmas with somebody that they love dearly. So I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, don't take it for granted. Enjoy it. But always remember the reason that we need to be waking up on Christmas morning saying thank you it's because of Jesus and what he did and what he continues to do. How do I know he continues to do it? Because uh, Pastor Barnes, I believe there's a passage of scripture that says that Jesus sits right now on the right hand of his father. And he still advocates for all of us. Yeah, we saved and sanctified. But when we cross those lines and we end up in sin, Jesus and the devil stand there and say, see, I told you she want all that. I told you, horse, it won't nothing but old hypocrite. Look at him. And Jesus said, yeah, but I love him, and I shed my blood for him. So he's not a hypocrite. He's a holy saint in the eyes of God. Don't forget what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus. Amen? Give the Lord a hand praise.